a bunch of people I I know died. They're just uh they were here, and then they're not uh they're not here they're not here any they're not here anymore, and it's one of those things where you I mean one of them you guys all wrote me about when uh, for the jiu jitsu guys uh, Orlando Sanchez, you know he was on the podcast. And we talked all about mental health and we talked about like our episode, uh, saved a bunch of people and, and then he died. Um, and he was 40 years old. I mean, this guy was so excited to talk about his shitty past as long as it helped people, which is kind of what I'm trying to do and emulate. And I'm going to continue to try to do. Um, and he was just, like so excited about life when we talked he brought his wife onto the zoom call he's like you gotta meet her like when we were like live on the air and i remember he was one of i mean he was famous he was an adcc champion i think um but you know he wasn't one of the he was an older guy he wasn't one of like the big like hotshot young guns and it was easily the most emails i ever got on the show being like, yo, you guys like legitimately saved me. And then I had a family member um, pass as well. And it starts making you think about other deaths. It starts, you take inventory of your life. You start thinking about, you know, death doesn't seem real until people you know die. And then you go, oh, that's right. This is like a real this is a real thing that can happen. You kind of always think that you're like getting away with it. Like somehow, you know, it missed you until you get that reminder that it's like, oh yeah, man, anybody could go at any time. And the reason that I'm talking about me is because I, 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 I want to say these cliches without being cliche, right? I want to tell you guys to live your best life without sounding like a fucking boardwalk t-shirt or a coffee mug. Um, because we hear that all the time. We hear, you know, you only got one life and you're like, yeah, go fuck yourself, dude. Like, yeah, I know you only got one life, idiot. And it sounds so trite and obvious or or you know it sounds like usually it, it, it's just trying to get you to do something like go skydiving you only live once you gotta you gotta go skydiving you gotta go down to that new bowling alley that's also a hooters but also they got street fighter 2 you remember street fighter 2 you only live once and it's like yeah all right like maybe one day i'll go skydiving right but also when when you guys hear you only live once, I want you to think about the entirety of your life. I want you to think about if a dude cutting you off in traffic is going to ruin your fucking day and how shaky that foundation is. If it is, I want you to think about the next time you're yelling on Twitter about some bullshit. Um, not just what if you died, not just what if you were angrily tweeting about Amy Grant performing a same-sex marriage, which, by the way, we're talking about today, and then you have a fucking aneurysm. I mean, look, is that a hilarious way to die? Sure. Um, just Amy Grant, and then you fucking keel over. All right, that's funny. But 
Imagine that. But not just that. Imagine if you spend all day, every day, looking for fucking fights, looking for things to be angry at, looking for things to be outraged about that you don't even fucking give a shit about, yelling at strangers in YouTube comment sections. And as you were doing that, your fucking mom died. As you were doing that, one of your childhood friends died. As you were doing that fucking, you got sick and you have to spend the rest of your fucking life in a hospital. You know what I mean? Like, take inventory of your fucking life. And I know we're all depressed, man. Like, holidays are fucking hard. I made a post about depression and, like, I don't think I responded to anyone, but, like, got some of the kindest response responses that I've ever ever had and I'm not trying to beat you up more by any means we're gonna get gentler as the show goes I just I'm coming in hot um but like use this as an opportunity not use the deaths of my friends but use your depression use your fucking anxiety as an opportunity to make fucking changes. We do the same thing every day. We get into the same fucking relationships. We make the same mistakes. We, most of the things that would help us, we know what they are. Like we already fucking know, but we're so used to just phoning it in, right? And again, there's that other cliche, like you only have one life. And I think a lot of us, myself included, we feel defeated. We go, yeah, I only have one life and I fucked it up, right? And so often we define ourselves by the worst thing we've ever done, which is terrible and leaves us absolutely no room for growth. We essentially have canceled ourselves from aspiring to do awesome things because we just think, well, that's not me. That's for other people. That's for people who are better looking than me. That's for people who are stronger than me. That's for people who are smarter than me. That's for people who have more fucking money than me. That's for anyone that's not me. I just fucking got a shit fucking hand when I was born. I was five, seven and I fucked up until I was 40 and I'm just gonna die alone. But then when you actually open your eyes, you see there are so many people who have done great fucking things far older than you who have been through far worse. Victor Frankel, one of the like best-selling books of all time, survived the Holocaust. Like, I know your breakup is hard right now, but survived the Holocaust, right? Like, I know, like, I'm pretty bummed out that this show hasn't broken into the top 10, 13 episodes in. Survived the Holocaust. I know we're mad about January 6th. Survived the fucking Holocaust. What this movie, why'd they get that white actor? Survived the fucking Holocaust, right? If that guy can do it and write a book, guess what? If I'm surviving the Holocaust, I'm taking a vacation. I don't know if I'm thinking about writing a fucking book. I'm just gonna kick back and watch fucking Netflix because I survived the fucking Holocaust and he wrote a book to change people's lives, right? When you are getting the shit beaten out of you, not only do you have to get up to survive, but then it is our responsibility to use what we've seen, to use what we've gone through to go, hey man, you don't wanna, you don't wanna go down that road. I know you think you wanna go down that road because it seems like the easy fucking out, right? 
it seems like just get some fucking pleasure, feel good about yourself. You'll be a little hungover, whatever it is. Um, you don't want to go down the road because I've fucking been there. And why don't you try going down this road and I'm going to walk with you down this road, right? That's what we need to do. I spent so fucking long. One, either riddled in shame about the mistakes I've made. Two, next phase, which is what I thought was as good as you could fucking get. Next phase was, well, I'm going to be a really good person and I'm just going to bury that shame. And I'm going to walk on fucking eggshells just waiting for people to find out that I'm not the perfect person they think I am. And then when they do, I'm going to go, yep, all right, everyone leaves me. That's what happens, right? Um, and now, and we're talking this week, I've gotten this advice from two mentors. Not only are they saying, dude, it's not that you overcame the shit that you went through. It's the gift is that you went through it because now you get to help other people. And I feel like when we can start seeing our disadvantages, our flaws, our, you know, there was a motherfucker at Sheepdog with no legs, an instructor with no legs. He lost his fucking legs. And you know what he did? Beat the living shit out of people. He beat the shit out of people with his torso and his arms. And that is fucking incredible. And he teaches people. He teaches people how to fight. He teaches people how to defend themselves. He teaches people how to persevere. What the fuck are you doing with two legs? What are you doing with two legs right now? Right? I know this sounds like, again, the cliche of like, it could be worse. And I fucking, I'm telling you when someone says that to me, when I'm depressed and someone goes, it could be worse. I'm thinking you're right. Cause I'm going to assault you and I'm going to end up in jail. And I wasn't in jail and now I'm in jail and that's fucking worse. I don't like being in jail right now, but also it could be worse. I'm not saying it could be worse. Your problems don't matter. I think when people get defensive about that, that's what they think it means. It could be worse. So you're not allowed to hurt right now. It could be worse. So you're not allowed to have those negative thoughts. It could be worse. So you're not allowed to be sad that you're fucking single on Christmas, right? It's not that it's, it could be worse. So take advantage of what you have. It could be worse. So stockpile all of these good things, build a fucking army and go do something, right? It could be worse. And because right now it's not worse, let's take advantage of that, right? When you're doing jujitsu and you're on bottom and you're struggling and there's a little bit of space, a little bit of space. You haven't gotten that guy off you yet, but there's a little bit of space. That is when you have to fucking explode. That is your opportunity. Because if you don't see that little bit of space as an advantage, you're just gonna go, well, I'm not out all the way. And then that person is gonna, just gonna fucking sink in on top of you. And they're gonna take away that little bit of space. But when you can see that there is a little bit of space there, you have to fucking fight like your life depends on it because that is is your tunnel out. That is your way out. So all of us right now, no matter how much we're hurting, no matter how much we're struggling, we have a little bit of space. There is a little bit of space that you need to just fucking start tunneling through, tunneling through. And then you're going to see more light and more space. And then there's going to be more light and more space. And then some other bullshit's going to happen. And maybe that first tunnel gets covered up, but you still have these two new tunnels you created. And then you just keep fucking going, right? We are living in a world 
that is spending all of its time perpetually outraged, not helping people, it's pretending to help people. And we're ignoring people who really need help. We're ignoring ourselves. We're prioritizing the, the, the this fucking video game social media culture. Um, and the bottom line is there there are tangible things that all of us can do right now to make the world better. But what happens is we get so caught up in our bullshit and we get so we beat ourselves up so much that we tell ourselves I'll never be able to do anything. Right? Again, I did this today. And here's what happened today. And this is mental health advice. Uh we're, we're cutting ahead. Hi, everybody. The show is called Advice Not Taken. Uh, my name is Jamie Hillstein. Uh, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Um, let me just quick shout outs and then we're going to we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to keep we're going to keep fucking going. Um, brand new patron. I think I shouted him out last week, but just in case, Brian, huge fucking shout out. Thank you to Brian. Um, also, he, he his 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 dog who passed had the best name ever. It was like Hendrix Ginsburg. It was like two awesome names in one, like Jimmy Tarantino. It was something like that. Um, also, huge shout out um, to my buddy Sam. So Brian said he was gonna when he gets back into town start helping um, feed houseless people. In Phoenix, I'm doing it here in Austin. My buddy Sam, who is also in Austin, gave me six or seven gigantic backpacks that he's been handing out um, that have supplies and clothes and food and all sorts of stuff. Um, toiletries, stuff like that. And so I... I, I, I never do this, but I stopped in the middle of the fucking road to give it to a dude because um, he had a fucking sheepdog response shirt, which was awesome. And I took that as a sign where it's just like, oh, the people that I do stuff with, someone from there already helped him. And I'm going to be the second person to do that. Um, so, yeah. Um, so shout out to Sam. Sam was also the one I kept meeting to shout out this fucking line. He said, do you remember that story I told with... Um, that dude Cody where I wanted that whole foods meal and I got that like I was fasting and I got that sad like huge Thanksgiving meal and then I saw Cody there homeless and I was like oh I have to give Cody my food don't I um and I texted him today because I want to get him shit before this fucking storm hits um Sam wrote to me that he was really proud of me but he also said because I said it was a god thing um Sam goes, I should also start praying for God to derail my cheat days. And then he said, hashtag new diet plan, which I thought was very funny. Um, guys, if you want to uh, support the show, one of the ways you can do it uh, is you can go to Patreon. I have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Jamie Kilstein. Ever since we got this big fucking studio and we're putting more effort into the podcast, uh, the Patreon has uh, uh, gone away. It, it ha Half of it has gone away. And I think people are like, look at that studio. Jamie's rich now. You guys, look. Uh, patreon.com slash Jamie Kilstein. I would love health insurance. Um, so you can go to patreon also next week we're taking off here so i will probably i have not been i think i've only done one if that patreon episodes this month i like to do one or two um i will do one this weekend or next week it's just been a lot has been going on um so if you have questions or it'll be more of an ama you can write to me on patreon for this podcast advice not taken please rate and review we doubled our our reviews on itunes which is awesome um, it's still very small. I'd love to get it up to a hundred, uh, within the next month. Um, 
rate five stars and just, oh, I wonder if people are doing the me likey. Just write me likey. Write me likey. Five stars, write me likey. Are people doing it? Uh, I'll, I'll have to double check. All right. We're going to see. If I'm you, like you. I don't deep dive into comments too much. So, so we don't fucking die? Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so that's it. Uh, if you want to watch the video of this episode, the full video, you can go to YouTube.com slash Jamie Hillstein. That's up every Friday. Um, we're posting clips on Instagram. We work really hard and have even gotten into family fights about clips on Instagram. But I am shadow banned on Instagram. So we're fighting for nothing. Don't let Instagram tear this family apart. For the love of God, just go to my Instagram at the Jamie Kilstein. If you see a clip, like it, comment, share, uh, all that good stuff. And that is, those are the announcements. Um, okay. I was going to go into this mental health thing. So one of the mental health things, uh, this is, oh, this is our, our, our new segment, uh, mental health Mondays on Thursdays, but mental health that, but we tape on Tuesday, mental health Mondays on Thursdays that we tape on Tuesday. Cause I like alliteration. So really focus on those first M's mental health Mondays, even though it's Tuesday, but technically for you guys, it's Thursday. But if you listen to the beginning, Mental Health Mondays, there's a real ring to it, even though today is Thursday. I mean, you're probably listening on Friday, if we're being totally honest. Mental Health Mondays, not Monday. It's fine. Okay, so the second piece of mental health advice I want to give, the first piece of mental health I want to give, and this will go into me derailing. This will go into the first, what I was talking about in the beginning. Um, learn dope shit. That's the advice. Learn dope shit. Now, there are a couple of reasons we do this. Number one, um, learning a skill is fucking awesome. Even though it's hard at first, I mean, anyone here who is good at guitar, do you remember, one, how much easier you thought guitar was going to be than it is? where you picked it up and you were like, I didn't know it was going to hurt my fingers. I think my fingers bled because I just had some shitty old hepatitis stringed guitar. Um, and I was just in so much pain. But the first time you just play an actual G chord and it's not like, it's like all the, all the frets are like pressed down and it's smooth. Holy shit. It's amazing. Or the first time your guitar teacher plays a chord progression and you just do the pentatonic scale over it, not even soloing, but just like boom, 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 boom. Like, and you're just like, huh, this is it. And you can see light at the end of the tunnel, right? Learning a skill will make you feel so fucking good. And it also gives you something to do every day, right? Like I can't do jujitsu right now because I'm hurt, but I can shoot every day. And I can ask questions every day and I can learn this like new skill, right? Which is really exciting. Um, you want to take it a step further, do something where there's community, right? Um, join a gym, CrossFit, dance class, jujitsu, whatever, a drum circle. I don't give a shit, right? Something where there's community. Where are the people that you want to be like? Go there go do that and learn from them and ask them questions and be around healthy people that can be good role models for you, right? Take it a step further is what I did this weekend, which led to my little breakdown today. Um, I took a tactical trauma class and it was one of the coolest fucking things I've ever done. I did it at Sheepdog Response. Um, it was just a room full of people who want to help other people. And what's really cool about this course is 
it's the people who really, really want to help people. And I mean that because putting a tourniquet on someone is not as sexy as what I did at the end of the weekend, which is wrestle a person. Coach says, run to cover, run to cover with my heartbeat going. And I'm shooting a target and dropping on the ground and like literally just like ping, 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 ping while my heart is racing from wrestling a guy. And I have Colton, the fucking winner of the ultimate fighter season 17 going, move to cover, move the emergency reload, emergency reload. I'm dropping fucking clips. That shit is awesome. But ideally, in a perfect world, I'm never going to murder someone, right? I want to carry to protect someone and to protect myself. And I never want to use that skill. I just want to be good at it. There is a much bigger chance that you will see someone on the side of the road who needs a tourniquet who needs a wound packed, who needs you to stabilize their fucking head, who needs to be able to breathe, who is shivering, and if they go into hypothermia, they will fucking die. Um, And so learning that was, you know, it it was more of a challenge to me too because I want to do the sexy stuff, right? I want to feel, everyone wants to feel like fucking John Wick, right? Name me one famous medic who wasn't in Grey's Anatomy. Right. Or David Duchovny. Was he the ER guy? Who was in the ER? I don't even remember. George Clooney. George fucking Clooney. And I said, David Duchovny. That's how little respect. My friend, uh, one of the instructors, Andreas, who's a medic, he said, he's like every Christmas. Like, okay. uh, Every Christmas, though, like a lot of these guys are in the same place as like uh, in the firehouse. And they'll literally walk in, see the paramedic and ask them directions to give the cookies to the firefighters. <laughs> like, hey, we're not, no, we're looking for the firefighters here. And it's just no respect. <sighs> and they are saving lives. You know, Tim Kennedy made sure to say he stopped into the class and made sure to be like, you know how many gunfights I've gotten into since I've been home? None. You know how many times I've stopped because someone's got in a car accident? Like 10. You know what I mean? And so- yeah. It's a really important skill and talk about community. You know what I mean? I was learning tactical firearms. I was learning tactical trauma, all this stuff with just like, dude, role models, role. One of the guys that I didn't know afterwards just said, I want you to know I'm your teacher for life. And I almost started sobbing, sobbing. Um, This is what you want. You want to be around people you admire and that you can learn from, right? Um, Having this kind of community, it was the first time. I always have fans write me, always have fans write me when I post about depression or or they're depressed and they thank me for posting. But this is the first time like that tribe, I had messages from like all of them. Like, hey, brother, checking in. Like, you need somewhere for Christmas? Mike. Simpson, the guest here, that, where we accidentally guy. went viral on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, me over for Christmas the mutual Eve. combat expert. Mutual Mike combat expert. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's a trick. Maybe he's trying to trick me into mutual he's combat. Like, hey, buddy, want to meet outside my house? Want to meet Christmas? outside my house Christmas Eve? No rules? What? What was that last part? No rules? What? <laughs> Get a mutual combat Santa Claus. Yeah, I, and so, like, that's community that I haven't had ever. I've had friends, but, like... I was talking about this with one of the instructors, like when that affair happened 10 years ago and I couldn't get people on MSNBC anymore, like not just gone. I mean, this dude didn't even 
know what happened to me. And he was just like, they ghosted like that, right? And I was like, mm -hmm. yep, totally. If you do hard things with people, it's a lot more difficult for them to bail on you. You know, these guys served, right? Like you get back from that, you know what a brotherhood is. You know what risking your life for someone else is. You know what I mean? I love Austin comedians with all my heart, but I feel like the biggest sacrifice we make is like, fine, fine, I'll go in front of Casey Rocket. Like, or I'll follow Casey. Like, it's fine. Just fucking, this is gonna Nobody suck. wants to follow Casey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Because he, he's hilarious. Do you think that what... Would I follow him? No. Would you follow him? <laughs> I've never had to. And I'm, I've never had to follow him or Derek. I've really gotten lucky. I did have to follow Duncan Trussell. Oh, it went very well. Oh man. But Duncan's just, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a maniac. He's man. a maniac. Yeah. Uh, what were you going to ask me? Do you feel like, I mean, we all, all, you always hear about how trauma bonding is a bad thing, but I feel like a lot of great people come out of the military and a lot of what they go through is trauma bonding. Right. So is wonder, it really a bad thing? Yeah. I wonder if that's the definition that therapists would give, because when you hear trauma bonding, it's sort of like me and Corey meet we just get in this like hot and heavy relationship. We're ignoring red flags. And, you know, it's because we both come from, let's say we both have dad issues. Right. Uh, and so like the connection isn't we're soulmates, even though it feels like it, it's like, we're both trying to fill the same like hole. Whereas that is a very, very like literal trauma. You know what I mean? I think trauma bonding is more like a psychological level, whereas that's just like we're two dudes who went through some shit. Like if me and you, we're already friends, and if me and you saved some person from getting mugged and you got shot in the leg and I hit my head and got a concussion, we didn't trauma bond. We experienced trauma together. I think that is right. Um, but no, doing hard shit together and making it out, I think, I think more people, I think if more people experienced it, we would probably be more compassionate. You know, I went for so long just thinking that, you know, conservatives or military guys would just be these fucking like mean meatheads. And it's because I was bullied by people who looked like them. Not people who went through hard things because they were little 16-year-old shitheads. But I was bullied by, like, the athletes, the jocks, you know? And uh, and so you just want to cast judgment on people who are different. And then I, 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 I become friends with them. And they're my best friends. They're the best people in the world. They're literally the best people I've ever met. Um, and these are mine. These are my friends. I mean, obviously... They're asshole troops, just like they're asshole priests, just like they're asshole fucking, you know, everything. Um, but so lear learning, taking a CPR course, taking like an EMT course, taking a tactical uh, self-defense firearms course, taking jujitsu, something where now you're learning a skill. So at first we were learning a skill by ourselves. That's good. How do you make that better? You learn a skill in community. If you are doing a skill by yourself, music or art, you can still take a class. Now you have community. If you feel comfortable with guitar, you can start writing songs with someone. You can start a fucking cover band. Uh, when I was in high school, we had a band. We had a high school band. And so all the dads 
they wanted to start a band, so they started using our equipment, and I swear to God, named their band The Dadolescents, and they got to play, like, the Memorial Day Parade, and they couldn't have been happier. It was a lot of, like, fucking credence, uh, and, like, I think, uh, no, we covered Rockin' in the Free World. We were pretty cool. Uh, they covered a lot of credence. Um, a lot of Sweet Home Alabama, but, man, these guys were happy as fucking shit. That's all they needed. Once a week, get together with the boys, have fucking beer, play some fucking stupid Creedence song, right? Second step, right, community. Find a way to have community. Jiu-jitsu is a great one. Anything physical, um, a running club, yoga, whatever. Start to meet people. Introduce yourself after class. Be someone that other people gravitate towards. Not because you're trying to be fucking funny or cool, but because you just have a kind spirit. You just say hi to everyone. You acknowledge them. You don't fucking give stink eye to the person who's doing downward dog better than you. You're just like cool, man. You're just complimentary. People want to talk to you, right? Um, I make sure people want to talk to me and they don't know me. And it's just because I'm fucking nice. I'm just nice. I introduce myself to people shit like that. I make eye contact. I'm not on my fucking phone, right? Step three, if you want to elevate it even more, get into community where you can help people, right? Um, I give the example, the obvious example, like physically protecting people, but you could also, if you are in an art class, there's no reason you can't tell that art class, hey, every Sunday I go and I hand out sandwiches to homeless people. Does anyone want to come with me? And I, I swear to you, you're going to get someone who is going to say this. I've wanted to do that for so long and I was afraid. And now you got to be the brave one. Even though you thought you were the fucking garbage person. You got to be the brave one who got, they they were just fucking waiting. You know what I mean? You know how people say um like if you're in a jujitsu class, for example, they'll say like, hey, man, ask a question, even if you think it's stupid, because chances are 20 other people had that same question and you get to open the door for them. It's the same thing with helping people. It's the same thing with like, there are so many times you're just like, hey, this might sound dumb, but like, do you want to do this? And they're like, God, yes, I wanted to do this for so long, but they weren't brave enough to pull the trigger. So be brave enough to pull the trigger, right? Um, if one of your friends is doing something really awesome, ask them to jump on board. Be like, hey, can I come, right? So the breakdown I had is the problem is I haven't, so that's, that's the advice. That's a piece of advice that mental health Mondays on Thursdays, but you'll probably listen on Fridays and today it's Tuesday because I like alliteration. That's the name of the segment. You're welcome. Um, so my breakdown happened today. Here's another new segment. Can Corey figure out why I had a mental breakdown? <laughs> I think you know me well enough where you can. So had that amazing weekend, mm -hmm. right? You already know where I'm at with comedy. Mm -hmm. I left feeling the most disciplined, the most skilled, the most confident, and the most loved I've ever felt. This was four days from eight till sundown of just teaching jujitsu, of learning more firearm skills, of learning tactical trauma, of bonding, of connecting, of, 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 of getting more role models. Why do you think, yesterday was great, I, I wrote it, why do you think I got depressed today? Because I'm not a cop, Corey. What? Ha exactly. Wait, wait, wait. Not a, like a police officer? I'm 40 years old. 
And after this weekend, I was like, I want to be a cop. I want to fucking, I got to save lives. I want to ride the badge. I got <laughs> I'm a shield man. Oh, I gotta get I gotta get a second divorce under my belt by 42. Yeah, yeah. I wrote. Where did this come from? It came from spending an entire weekend learning how to save people. Okay. And I just go. Now here's what would be really cool. Here's what would make me a, a really balanced individual. I would have never guessed cop, by the way. Oh, cop is just the first thing I said. I I also looked up like EMT qualifications. Okay. Which you need a GED, and then I looked up GED qualifications, and I forgot you need to know math. And I was like, well, I'm out. You have a G. You graduated from high school. Didn't you? No, you I dropped out of high school. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I dropped out junior year. Damn. Proof that you my, don't need well, a high school And then school I think diploma. I might GD because I've said this very confidently on the show. And now I'm going to say it in the opposite direction because I'm honest with my audience. My grandma once before she passed said, um, don't you want to prove to people? I was like 22. She was like, don't you want to prove to people that you can make it? Or you can get a GED. And I go, no, I want to prove to people that I can make it without it. I'm the same way. That's why I never graduated from college. I'm like, I'm not going back to college to prove everyone right. This is it. And by the way, I did it. Like I've been on MSNBC with literal like Nobel Prize winners, like on the same panel, like played the Sydney Opera House, done all the things. Um, now, Dum Dum is having a midlife crisis and wants to go be an EMT. And I'm like, oh, I don't know biology. I don't know, algebra? Like, we have fucking calculators on our phone now. Um, so, again, if I was balanced, and that the reason the show is called Advice Not Taken is because we give really good advice. Uh, I found uh, Kyle. Kyle, right? Yeah, I found Kyle from... Uh, I found Kyle on Instagram. Uh, he left that really personal voicemail um on lawcast last week guys by the way when i say that i care about you guys and when i say leave a voice memo on lawcast if you need advice because it will make me feel closer to you it's not like we get a cut every time someone uses lawcast they're a sponsor we want people to use them but like we don't get paid per message i mean i heard that dude's voice and how much he was hurting and how cool he seemed. And I was, and we gave really good advice. You yep. sent me the segment, 25 minutes worth of advice, Some, something insane that crashed my computer. And um, yeah, I found him to be like, hey, buddy, I thought of something else. And I left him a voice memo. And then he left me a voice memo back that I haven't checked yet. That was because I had a mental breakdown, as I'm sure you saw later. Um, but one of the things he said was he was he was really funny. Like, he was as funny as I and cool as I knew he would be. Uh, he was like, I listened to it at work. And then I started, <laughs> I started oh, that's awesome. crying next to my coworker who doesn't speak English and had no idea what the fuck was happening. <laughs> I was like, bro, I've been there. I've been there. Um, so... The whole part of this is we want to try to make this show something that's interactive, something that can reach people on a level that's bigger than a radio show or a podcast. Because we want to be a family. Exactly. Like, I mean that. And now it's like, and same with Kevin. I mean, Kevin, he always said funny things on Twitter, but it wasn't until I talked to him and heard his voice that I'm like, oh, okay. And now people know Kyle's voice and they're going to be rooting for him. So when he, he said he's going to check back in in a couple of weeks, but like, yeah, man, he was really low before he left that message. And, 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 and I feel that, um, why did I bring him up? I went derail. Oh, I don't remember. Logcast. Even if, if 
You can leave more than one message too. Like I know oh, we it, want follow-ups and shit. Yeah. I, I want to hear when Kevin goes to church. Because I bet it'll be very funny. And just so everyone knows, listening, like we will we are reading every single person that submits the logcast. We we're reading your stuff on the air. And I think it definitely adds a level to the show that you're not going to get at many other shows. I know some people do the read read into it, but this is also interactive where you can go and listen to everyone's thing on the Logcast Circle afterwards as well. So right, right, right. Oh yeah, you could respond to them too. Yeah, that's right. I yeah, forgot about that. Kevin can go help Kyle. Kyle and Kevin should be friends. Okay, that's how we build this family. So if I had, if I was. A cool. Um, oh, that's what I was saying. The show is called Advice Not Taken. We gave such good advice. It really helped Kyle. With that said, I'm about to say what I did today. And all of you are going to be screaming at the podcast being like, Jamie, what are you doing? Why do you want to be a cop? You have a good life, you fucking idiot. Um, and they're right. If I could just accept. I'm a comedian. I host a mental health podcast. That mental health podcast really helps people. I've also been a fighter for 20 years. And now I happen to carry around a, gu a, a gun and a tourniquet and train weekly with them and daily um, and can have the capabilities to save people without having to like be a traffic cop, uh, enforce shit I don't want to enforce, uh, you know, go through all the stress and trauma that like cops or EMTs, they'd be like, dude, you have the perfect life. Just walk around like a badass. And if one day you got to tourniquet someone cause they got glass through their fucking arm or you're in a mass shooting, you can save people and be comedian, hero, whatever. And what I do is I take that course. I feel good about myself for a day. Mm -hmm. And then I go, I'm a piece of shit. I should have fucking. I should have been doing this stuff since I was 20. I should, you know what I mean? Like I could have saved so many people. I could have saved so many dogs, like all that shit. I just beat myself up so badly. Um, and you know, look, man, part of me, like I am looking for a life where I can help more people and who knows, like talking to my friends about this stuff. You know, it was my cop friend who brought up the EMT thing. Um, and so I'm going to go on a ride along with my buddy, uh, which will just be fucking cool no matter what. Yeah. Right. Um, I think having those experiences, asking those questions of yourself, answering them is good, but also I need to take my own advice and I can't beat the shit out of myself. Dude, I posted about depression today, about my depression today. Mm -hmm. said something vaguely inspirational at the end and the amount of people that wrote me and they're like, Hey, you you saved my life. And at the same day, I'm like, yeah, but if I was fucking, <laughs> if yep. I was fucking in Uvalde, what, how, how would I have done that? How would I have been stationed in Uvalde? You know what I mean? Like, so <sighs> How I can turn that into advice for you guys is you guys hear how ridiculous this sounds. And the reason I'm telling you guys this is one, because I have to be honest on the show. Two, it's on my heart. But three, when you hear me, you guys subscribe to this podcast. Some of you donate. 
on Patreon. There's something about you saw me on TV. You listen to this podcast for advice. And now you're hearing me be like, I got depressed because at 40, it's really cutting it close to be a police officer. <laughs> Although I was talking to my friend, I was talking to my friend Vrindavan, Tulsi Gabbard's sister. Yep. And she was like, you can always be a cop in Hawaii. They're just like those 60 year old, like Hawaiian dudes who like smoke cigarettes yeah. and like patrol the beach. And Retirement stuff. plan. So that's a good plan. I can still yeah. like be a cop. I can yell at Howley's for fucking littering all day and like chase them with my nightstick or whatever. Dude, we can retire. We can retire. We'll both have retirement jobs as Hawaiian police I officers. Like we got to get like the silver fox, like short gray hair. Um, yeah, like a very wrinkled tan skin from just like never wearing suntan yeah. lotion. This sea captain skin. That's what it is. Yeah. So I'm very hyped about that. Um, so yeah, guys, like I'm fucking up too. I'm trying to take my own advice. Um, but what you're doing, and I think it's very important that people realize this is like self-awareness is huge and lacking and lacking in self-awareness, catching yourself in those down moments when you're like, what the fuck am I doing? That's a big thing. And having the self-awareness and self-regulation to 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 identify that and be like, all right, I got to reel this in. That's the compliment I've gotten the most recently. And it's usually after I just completely spill my guts mm. and expect them to hit me because I feel like such an idiot. And they just go, dude, your self-awareness is incredible. It's so difficult to do. And I think that... If I didn't have that, I'd be dead. Well, and I think a lot of people, myself included, like you got to work on that more than anything. Yeah. You got to, because it's okay to be in that dark moment. Like you can't control when it hits, but you can control getting yourself out of there and being aware of when it's happening is the biggest part. Yes. And I just did um, David Hurt's podcast. I don't know when it's going to come out. He's awesome. Big influencer dude um, on the internet. And um, I was talking about, I was talking about how, so self-awareness is good. But if you are beating the shit out of yourself with that self-awareness, it can be counterproductive. Well, that's where the self-regulation comes in. That's where it comes in. So try to change the tone. When I catch myself now, instead of the old me, which is like, oh, look at you, you fucking piece of shit. Like, how dumb of you. Of course you made the same fucking mistake. Let's just go get fat and eat pizza. Like, instead of that, when I catch myself, it's more like, Hey, bud, what are we doing? I'm like, what's going on here? You freaking out over nothing? Like, it's much more sort of like how I would talk to a kid I'm teaching jujitsu. Yeah, because your inner self kind of feels like a child, you know? What well, is? I mean, that's yeah. why all those fucking new age Bernie man, Madeline people um, say, by the Madeline way, she, she really wants to come back on the show. So yeah. if you guys like Madeline, uh, let me know because I'll have her on all the time. We had a blast. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's why they said they're like, it's your inner child. And it's true because that's where most of our trauma comes from. Yeah. That's where most of our fucking issues come from. You know what I mean? Like I was jealous for a long time in relationships and I was just like, God, why are you such a piece of shit, man? You like, you're calling yourself a fucking feminist. You're calling yourself my first girlfriend cheated on me. Oh man. It's not her fault. It's still my fault. And it's my fault to repair. But like when you're that impressionable at 16, my first two girlfriends. It'll stick with me. you. Yeah. Where if someone, if someone asked me at the age of 18, 
what love was based on my two experiences. I would say, well, you meet someone, uh, you completely fall in love. You're all they think about. You stand by your phone waiting. If your mom picks up the phone, you fucking scream and yell. You'll tell your parents you hate them just so you can sneak out and see them for five minutes and French kiss under a street lamp. And then they cheat on you with a guy named Greg and you're fucking ruined. And that's what love is like, like named Greg. that's what you think. You're just formed that way. Your dad forgets to pick you up from soccer practice every day. You're a piece of shit. You don't deserve love. Your mom fucking, you know, all the things, mm -hmm. right? We were about to start getting way too personal. Um, <laughs> but all the things, man. And it's crazy town that it carries over to you being an adult. But it does. Yeah. It's fucking crazy that as a 40-year-old man... I need a girlfriend to be like, thank you for cooking dinner. I appreciate you. Or else I'm just going to be like, no one appreciates me. And that comes from fucking childhood. Yeah. You know? And, and again, we can recognize it. We can be gentle. And then we try to fix it. But if we're skipping all of that inner child shit and we're just getting mad at adult us, that's not going to help anyone. You have to give yourself grace. You have to give yourself grace. I'm somewhere in between. My self-help is between Jesus and Jocko. Somewhere where it's like grace and love. I will love you no matter what. And stop being a bitch. Get up when your alarm goes off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somewhere in the middle of that is the solution. Sometimes when you're depressed... You need Jesus in your life. Other times when you're depressed, you need Jocko in your life. Ideally, when you're depressed, you can get a little Jesus and a little Jocko. You can get just a little just fucking punch to the heart, like, huh, defibrillator, like, yeah, we're going. All right, I'm fucking going to jujitsu. And then when you're driving to jujitsu, say a little prayer to Jesus and be like, hey, man, I'm really hating myself right now. And like, but I'm going to jujitsu. That's good, right? And then just feel that love. Feel love with Jesus and feel like, yeah, man, you're forgiven. I fucking died for you. You're good. You know, yeah. go on and do that. And then fucking work for Jocko and then come back and be proud of yourself for G like just that balance. Jesus and Jocko. Why aren't there any women there, Jamie? I don't know. Cause it's a stupid analogy and I'm riffing. Um, I'm doing a podcast by myself. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> the other, oh man, there were some really funny moments. There were some really cool moments in this course too. And this is what I'm talking about. Like it wasn't just like learning a skill. It was like, so during, <laughs> I don't want to like give too much away, but we did live scenarios in guys, sheepdog response, go to sheepdog response, go to their website. They're not just in Austin. They tour everywhere. So like when they go to Chicago, they're going to Chicago and I think April, they're going to do a vehicle defender course, a tactical trauma course, and the protector one course, something like that. So they'll come to a city and they'll knock out a bunch of these courses. So if you have the chance to go, holy shit, you have to go. These are the best instructors in the world. Um, but they'll do live situations. So we're all in a room. And if it's my turn, what, you know, we're having some fake work meeting, which again, I want to give away so much. I mean, I assume it's different each time, but like there was a joke. We were just at the meat packers union. That was it. It was just the meat packers union, uh, blah, blah, blah. Some instructor busts in the door. Who the fuck, Steve? He's fucking my wife. Bang, bang, gunshot, bang, go. And it's like, 
uh, right? That is my favorite part. This won't happen again because it was my friend's fucking. My favorite part was after the third or fourth one of the Meat Packers Union, they were like, uh, they switched it over because they're like, we don't trust the Meat Packers Union anymore. They were like, welcome to Twitter HQ. They did a bunch of Elon jokes about Twitter HQ. Shooter breaks in. I swear to God, it just goes, Meat Packers for life and starts fucking opening fire. It was the funniest shit I've ever, I'm dying. And then we're, we're just going. I mean, we'll be in the middle of class learning some shit or we come back from a break. There was one point I'm arguing with a girl I thought I was going to be dating and suddenly I just hear, you've been shot in the left arm. You've been shot in the, I throw my phone. I have to tourniquet myself. It was chaos, utter chaos. Um, and the coolest fucking shit ever. Um, at one point it was just the instructors who were the dummies. Um, they take me aside during the break and they go, Hey, in the middle of this next one, just go into cardiac arrest. And I'm one of the fucking students. I was like, all right. And I took this so seriously. They are fixing two people with gunshot wounds. And I sell it to the point where one of the other instructors, as I'm going down, I literally just hear him go, shout out to Zach, who seriously would have saved my life. I hear him go, guys, we need to help Jamie. We need to help Jamie. And then he literally goes, this isn't part of the course. And then one of the other instructors, as I'm down, eyes closed, I'm already drooling, just goes, it's part of the course, it's part of the course, and had to take him away. I gave that man the biggest hug wow. afterwards. And then there was a dude taking the class who was SWAT. He was a SWAT guy. And he was like, dude, I thought you did. I thought you were going down too. Another doctor, he almost came over to me. Because if you're not the, the, the main person, you just kind of have to be a sheep and do whatever. And I was like, yo, I can act. Yeah. I can act, son. That's called acting, folks. That's called act. I literally asked, I go, what does a cardiac arrest sound like? So I made it like deeper and guttural than I would have. Very proud of myself. Threw myself down. Definitely re-injured my leg. Worth it. Um, Such a method actor. I know. <laughs> my friend's daughter, who's like 16, who I, she's my little sister, my little Hawaiian sister. She was victim at one point and no one knew she could act. And... I will forever have fake PTSD. Like everyone, she's just like, she was, she would just be like throwing herself off the stretcher and just talking about how scared she was. When I went to call 911, she just said, don't leave Jamie, don't leave me. And she's grabbing my pants leg and I have to like go back and be like, no, so, sweetie, you're going to be okay. But I'm like, no, I have to call the police. She's tricking me. Like it was fucking crazy dude it was easily one of the coolest things so this course quickly turned into a casting call it, it i look guys what i'm trying to say is i either want to be a cop or an actor so if you want to hire me to either go undercover and or uh, uh star in your student film please dm me on instagram at the jamie kilstein perks oh. if it's a story about a struggling hawaiian police officer if oh my oh Prep me and Corey for our retirement on Oahu. Um, let's get to advice to celebs. I will make this very quick, and then we're going to get to our AA segment. We have an email. And, you know, I think for the logcast, actually, let's save it for... I know I said the opposite to you. Um, let's save it for our first time back. Okay. And the reason I say this is because... We don't have a ton of time left, and I want to focus. And also, we already are going to Logcast. Not next week. We're off. 
Next week's on the Patreon only. Week after that, you guys know we're going to Logcast. So, Kevin, I want to hear about you going to church. If you haven't gone to church yet, Christmas Eve, baby. Christmas Eve. I'm hit, going. Hit that midnight mass. Hit that midnight mass. Um, then fucking uh, anyone else. And this will be out before the next episode records. So you have time. If you're hearing this, you have time. Well, that's what I'm saying. To you, go on to Logcast and get it, your questions in before the next episode. We're not going to record. Although it's the next Tuesday. That's not New Year's, right? No, probably not. We're not recording for two Tuesdays from now. Um, hold on, pull it's all good. There. I will get to you, uh, advice to celebs. No, uh, so next Tuesday is the 27th. We will be back on the 3rd of January. Great. So we will be recording. Get your Logcast in by January 3rd. Um, again, Logcast, they sponsor this show. Um, they sponsor Big Laugh. They're supporters of us. All you have to do is go to the App Store, download Logcast. It's completely free. You go to the Jamie Kilstein circle. You can leave it there or you can leave it on the Advice Not Taken circle. Either which way, um, we will get to it. We look at both of those. And, you know, we really fucking helped someone last week. And that means a lot to us. And I hope it means a lot to you guys. And, like, this is what the community is for. By the way, if you have advice for Kevin going to church. You can fucking leave that. Like I said, we want this to be a fucking family. So advice to celebs. Corey, if you have any thoughts on this, you were raised religious. I was not. So do you remember Amy Grant? Uh, Lilith Fair, Amy Grant. I think, or no, she's she was a Christian, no. Christian, Christian pop star. Yeah, total pop star. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom like used to listen to her in the car. Mid-90s, right? Mid-90s. Yeah, yeah. Amy Grant, and then um, she married Vince Gill, the country star. Okay. And people are outraged. Christians are outraged. I just saw Amy Grant trending. Um, I do a new podcast for funsies with Cal Newport, um, who a ton of you guys know. We do Jamie and Cal explain the internet. We're on our second episode. And so I'm forced to look at Twitter at least once a week to find what other people are talking about. So me and Cal, who is not on social media and writes about not going on social media, can react to it and be like, what the fuck is this? That's a cool, that's cool. It's a cool premise. Yeah, Cal and I just really wanted to do something together and that's what we came up with. That's great. Um, so this was one of the stories. So there's a great chance I'm gonna have to also pitch this to Cal, but I was like, this is actually a good one for us too. Um, the gist was Amy Grant, announced that she and her husband Vince Gill are going to host a same-sex wedding on their farm for her niece. Amy is quoted as saying, Jesus, you just narrowed it down to two things, love God and love each other. Um, and so people are outraged, right? And before I give my advice to Amy Grant, my advice to celebrities, my advice that I often don't take, I do want to say that I'm not becoming more socially conservative in the sense that um, I ain't going to be pipe bombing a Planned Parenthood anytime soon, I guess will be a good way to put it. Um, the, 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 the only reason my gun's going to come out in a Pulse nightclub type situation is to save my gay brothers and sisters. Um, I, but I've also read a lot of like pretty liberal pastors who they're not coming out like against same sex marriage or abortion per se, but they're God, I'm treading so cautiously, but they're like, Hey man, we're all sinning. 
all of us every day, straight people, all of us are sinning every day. Right. Right. And, um, not right, but that's what they say. <laughs> that's what they say. And, you know, I do look at some of the, the things I've done and some of the like sex I've had. And I, you know, there, there's definitely part of me that's like, like I said, I mean, I'm waiting for a reason. There's part of me that's like, yeah, that has led to a bunch of bad stuff, you know? Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is where I'm at is I don't completely write off socially conservative Christians yet. It depends on how they handle it. Mm -hmm. I just try not to write off anyone right away. I want to hear them out. And this is a perfect example. My advice for Amy Grant. I just wrote, go get it, girl. And that's my advice for her. Because this to me is a perfect example. This reminded me that I'm still, I'm still good. <laughs> I'm still okay. Because Jesus is about love, man. And no matter how you feel about the institution of marriage, and I know a lot of religious people, they're like, it was designed by God for a man and a woman for, you know, all that stuff. And look, we can have a conversation another day about people who don't have the father in the home and people who, you know, but the bottom line is like, everyone should have equal rights, mm -hmm. period. If they're not hurting anyone, they should have equal rights. And Jesus went down and loved and forgave and told them that they were still beautiful um, prostitutes. One of Jesus's favorite people was a prostitute. Prostitute, you know, um, murderers, adulterers, like bad shit. I think my like, I had an affair eight years ago. David was a murderer. Saul was a mur murderers. And he was like, hey, hey, what if, what if instead we stop murdering and we just like, I don't know, love everyone and spread the good word about me. And they were like, yeah, all right, <laughs> that's cool. And he's like, you're in, you're in baby. Right. So to me, I think it's so brave that Amy Grant, this is how she is expressing her Christianity is she is not letting her niece feel ostracized or feel broken or feel any less than, you know, a heterosexual couple. Sure. Um, and that to me, knowing that she is going to get a horrible backlash from her fans, from Christians, right? Not all Christians, but from these like, whatever, more right-wing evangelical. And what I will say, because I know I got a lot of Christians that listen now and a lot of conservatives that listen, is... One, get your house in order. Heterosexuals, we're dropping the ball on uh, on marriage. We're doing something wrong. We're not doing it great, right? Divorce rates higher than ever. Fucking people are having affairs. Um, most of these fucking fatherless homes, it's not like because they're a sweet, the sweet lesbian couple who owns the independent bookstore down the street. Like most of them are like straight dads who are just bailing because they're cowards, right? Um, and... If our house isn't in order, what are we doing telling another couple? Because what? Because we're so good at it, 
right? We're so fucking good at marriage that we're going to be like, two people with vaginas can't do it. Fuck you, dude. You're not doing it right. You know, like, let, make sure, be the Christian that goes, even if I disagree with it, right? If you disagree with it and you're still like for it, that's even more badass. Yeah. To me, be like, yeah, man, they should have equal rights. They should be able to see each other on their fucking deathbed. They should have the same, you know, tax, whatever the fuck you get from marriage. All I know you get from it is a divorce. (laughs) Uh, But whatever normal people get from marriage. Insurance benefits and like tax breaks. Although I think we started paying even more for insurance. I don't know. We were in some weird bracket. Um, The marriage thing is weird right now, too, especially I feel like I, I feel like in the conservative world in the the christian conservative world i feel like they don't get enough credit for being a lot more open-minded than they are i mean just recently the pope came out and he in the first pope ever to come out and say i want to have sex with a man yeah exactly i'm just gonna say it came out in support of same-sex civil unions and said that um these are children of God and they belong to a family and you can't just kick family members out. That's it. There needs to be laws protecting them. So everyone has the same right. So even the leader of the Catholic church, which is I was raised in the Catholic church. So to hear that, and and they were for the longest time, the Catholic church was one of the worst of just being like, you know, no gays. And it's, it's changed a lot. And it's even in my family, very yeah. conservative Catholic family. And we have same-sex marriages that were celebrated in our family. Tim Kennedy on this podcast said if he is at church and hears someone saying something disparaging about gay people in the lobby, he's having right. words with them. And it's great because it's like I was raised very religious. I'm not as religious anymore. But to see that that shift, is, the pendulum took a long time to yeah. swing. But we're seeing a lot more of that now. And for... My conservative Christian friends who disagree with this, I would ask you to think about this. And this is the last thing I'll say on this, and then we'll get to our email. Cool. Um, let's say you have a daughter who is gay. And all she hears about is gay people being sinners. You'll never get married. You'll never be a mother. Right? You're going to go to hell. Worst case, they killed themselves. Second worst case, they completely rebel and get depressed, self-harm, death of despair, alcohol, drugs. They just feel fucking broken, right? That's something that could happen anyway, teenagers. Um, Third, let's say they're fine. Let's say they're healthy. Let's say that Jesus means so much to you as a mother and a father. Do you think... She is going to accept Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior if you are telling her that her and everybody like her disgust him, right? Do you think she's going to accept Jesus or do you think she's going to run as far the fuck away as possible into every pussy imaginable, (laughs) (laughs) right? If I'm gay and I'm raised being told that I'm an abomination, guess who's leaving home at 17 to suck dick and is only going to be going to church when he's in fucking sex addict meetings or alcoholic meetings in the basement, in the basement of that church, right? Would you rather have them upstairs at that church 
or would you rather have them downstairs? No offense to all my friends in recovery. Those downstairs meetings fucking rule. They're very fun. Um, but like, man, be the good example. Do what fucking Jesus did. Come on, man. Anyway, Amy Grant, repping Jesus. I support it. Go buy an Amy Grant album. Support her career. I wish I remembered. God, it would we be a real baby. That's what it is. I knew it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, if we were a real radio show with like rights and stuff, we could like play that as I did my Omnigo suck dick, like and have the Amy Grant song over it. Someone make that mashup, please. Can someone please clip that and put the Amy Grant uh song over it? Doesn't have to be us. I know Corey's taking notes. I'd love a fan to do it. That would be great. We're busy. Um, okay. Uh, final thing, we got an email. Corey, can you read this email? It's sure. a long one, but this has to do with um, a political issue we talked about uh, two weeks ago, and, and Corey said the email was actually great, um, and I'm pretty sure I know this person on Twitter, so I'm, I'm happy about it. Cool. So starts with, hi, Jamie, Sarah, and Corey. That's my favorite part, if I'm being honest with you. The email literally could have just been straight white supremacy. Yeah. And I was so excited that the team was included. Because yeah. I love you and Sarah on mic that I was like, oh, we're reading this. Great. <laughs> okay. So if you ever want your stuff read if on If you air, ever want your white supremacist rant read, just address it to the three of us. Exactly. Longtime fan of Jamie and recent fan of all three of you on this podcast. Trying to be better online and raise up rad voices, but still have work to do for sure. Sorry, we're already cutting them off. Um, classic case of who has ever written that in? Who has ever been like, hey, I want to make sure I include the producers and I want to lift people up. Only one of our fans yeah. would, would write that amazing sentence that we've never heard in and then just be like, but I'm not doing it good enough. And keep using the word rad, man. Let's bring that back. Yeah, bring rad back. That's a great word. Listening to episode 11, I think you were touching on a piece of the puzzle to the gun slash video game question, but not quite making it. I'm 32 and come from the OG days of Halo and Call of Duty Online. I was going to ask you if you knew those, but I know you do because when you said Call of Duty, I was going to go COD. Yeah, because I didn't. I actually don't play Call of Duty. My father plays Call of Duty. Hilarious. Yeah, um, we were awful humans to each other online, uh, but I have also been shooting competitively since junior high. Dope. To top it off, I've struggled with depression for the majority of my life, so I have the video game experience, shooting, and mental health struggles. As an adult, I realize this is a very complex issue. I think Jamie started down the correct path with the statement, locking a kid in a room with video games and training a kid with firearms. So if you guys didn't listen to that episode, Corey asked me a question about if I thought video games led to violence. And I really had to think about it because I wasn't prepped for it. Um, but one of the kind of things that I stumbled upon is that if you don't have real world training and you only have video game training where there aren't consequences, I think that you're far more likely to act out if you're only playing the video games. If you're not talking to real girls and you're only looking at porn, if you're only shooting people who aren't real, um, as opposed to when you learn firearms, you learn so much about safety and consequences. When you train jujitsu, you get tapped out, you get beaten up, you realize that it hurt and you're going to walk around a lot less sort of like cocky, um, because you know, there's another side to it. So just to fill you in. All right. 
Uh, this person says, I've done both, but the big difference is a role model or parent in the situation. The worst kids I knew in Halo slash Call of Duty were the kids without a role model or respected adult figure. That's it. Yep. They were being raised by fellow kids or teens online, essentially. In my firearms co- courses, you had someone to look up to, former military, cops, or some some sort of reasonable adults, kind of like what you were talking about today. Dude, I'm so glad we saved this email. I was just <laughs> thinking that. I'm like, I'm fucking 40, and I literally told all of these guys in different... <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I'm the weirdo. I told all these guys, I was like, hey man, I'm really glad to have you as like a role model. Like I haven't had male role models like that ever, ever. And that's another thing. It's never too late, guys. I'm old as shit. It's never too late to to find these people. And uh, I mean, that's exactly what he's saying that that my my real life friends that I played Call of Duty or Halo with all had reasonably present role models in their lives. The craziest kind of sketchy kids online usually didn't have a good role model of any sort. They were involved in sports or they weren't involved in sports or any extracurricular activities to have someone to look up to. Mom or dad were minimally present and were left to be raised by the online lobbies of video games. That's the worst fucking place to learn life lessons, consequences, or to look up to people. I just call everyone gay and then shoot them and steal their car, right? That's where I learned a teabag. Yeah. <laughs> I still play games online and it's not good. The internet is trash, myself included in that. Oh, bud, you sound better than that. If you're not happy, you can... I know that's not why you wrote in, but just, like, reading (laughs) subtext clues, maybe, like, swap out an hour of video games for one of the things we talked about earlier. Video games aren't necessarily bad, either. There's been, But if you're saying Obsessively bad. Like, if you're playing them obsessively, or maybe don't play hyper-violent video games. If you're playing them obsessively and you're literally saying... Like, if you struggle with depression, maybe go with Stardew Valley. You called yourself trash. Yeah, so I'm like, that's if, not good. If, yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and uh, he, like, this is what I'm saying. The sentence, I still play games online and it's not good. That's like buried in this really sweet, smart social commentary yeah. is a sentence uh, that's a cry for help that I would just like to point out. I see you. And maybe like, yeah, limit yourself. Set a clock. That's a good that's a good catch. I mean, you literally started this off by thanking people that you've never met before, saying that you're fans of us. So yeah, you're a good, you're a good dude. Yeah, like I've, I've met good do people. Do more that things have, that make you feel not like trash. Exactly, I've met good people that have said far worse things about me. So <laughs> I'm sure you're a very good person. Uh, many of my friends from video games, liberal and conservative, became interested in firearms. All of them. Have uh, all of them have learned how to use them from role models or people that they've respected? It's the interpersonal relationships that make the difference. Yep. Online toxicity leads to real life toxicity. We need more love and respect. Attaboy. The isolation that Jamie was talking about, mixed with internet morons, is a bigger detriment to, than the video games themselves. Sure. Best wishes on the podcast and in life to all of you. God, what a sweet guy. You're all, you're all doing amazing things, and I can't wait to see where this podcast leads as the time goes on. Good Lord. If it's okay, I'd like to send a longer form thanks to Jamie as his openness throughout the years has actually radically affected my life in the best ways. Only if you do that during the time you would be playing video games. I don't want to take up too much of your space and time in the email. It's so it's only if that's okay. with It's absolutely okay. Send the, whatever you want to send. We would love to read it. Say, say it on Logcast. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Thanks again, and God bless you all oh. in your journey, Scott Johnson. Oh, Scott, my fucking heart. That was great. That was fucking great. I mean, I don't even know... 
just to take the time to write something like that, it blows my mind that like, these are not people that know, like I've never met Scott before, but to know that someone would take the time to, to read, to write that and send it in. I mean, and it was, again, it wasn't just, I just want to prove you know, this show, that podcast I did, he really thinks this show is going to take off. And sometimes I get down on myself because it's a lot slower to get a show that's talking about nuance and bringing people together than it would be, you know, I mean, you know how many emails the fucking fuck the left or fuck the right shows get? Like so many. And it's just like Biden's a fucking retard or like stuff like that. And all day. Right. Or fucking Trump's a Nazi. Like so many emails. Sure. But this nuanced email of like mental health online culture toxicity bringing people together role models like god like that's the kind of audience i want and it's so it's like rare to find it anymore it seems like it's more and more rare and it shouldn't be totally so i'm gonna have some parenting experts on the show um in the new year which i'm really excited about um especially talking about like how to raise young boys um because there's a lot of nonsense out there right now um But one of the things I do want to say, because I don't give a lot of parenting advice, but I meet a lot of parents now and a lot who are really good role models or they're bringing their kids to jujitsu or whatever. If you are a parent, please catch yourself when you're, you know, we're running out of time, but just when he was talking about good role models, just little things, man. If you're on your phone when you're out of lunch with your fucking kid, put that the fuck away. Put it the fuck away. Take your kid outside you know, don't, don't always be saying like, I'm too busy for this. Take time to look your kid in the eye to tell him that what he's going through is important and that it matters. Put him in challenging things, you know, have him learn how to fucking hike, have him learn how to fight, have him learn how to do, you know, there's so much, man. I mean, these little girls that I see doing jujitsu ages from like four to 11, I don't fucking worry about them when they go to college. They're going to fucking be able to handle themselves, dude. I mean, obviously there are terrible situations that can happen to anyone, but like these girls are going to, they're already just massacring dudes. Like they're going to walk around with their fucking heads up high and like no one's going to pick them as a target at all. Um, Challenge your kids, but be fucking kind to them. Don't always tell them what they're fucking doing wrong. Also tell them what they're doing good. Um, You know, be that role model, man. And I think the biggest thing we can get into in detail with experts. I'm certainly not one, but what I can say is be fucking present, be present. If you tell them you're going to do something, fucking do it. Be a role model, you know, have them. If you're a man right now and you have a daughter, don't you want to raise her where she's not trying to fucking date a piece of shit to fill that hole? but she has a good man to look up to. So she knows what good men look like. Show her what a good man looks like. You know what I mean? If you have a son, teach him how to fucking respect women by maybe not like screaming at your fucking wife or ignoring her because you're on your phone or because you're playing video games. Right. Um, Basic shit. And I know it's really hard. And I know we all have our our habits and our patterns and our crutches and our stories. Um, But like, for everyone who's like, I mean, me, right? For everyone who's like, oh, I'm fucking for like, what am I going to do with my life? How do I help people? You can do it with your fucking kid. <laughs> you know, like that's the biggest difference you will ever make. 
Um, so that's it, you guys. I hope you have a really, really Merry Christmas. Um, I hope you have a good New Year. Um, I'll probably do some kind of like New Year's resolution spiel uh, uh, when I get to the Patreon episode. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on that, but we will see you. This is it, right? We'll see you guys in 2023. Thank you for all your support. We love you so much. Please tell people about this show. Spread the word. Get me on Shadow Band on Instagram. Uh, spread clips around. Rate and review it. We're really going to blow this show the fuck up in 2023. And you guys are the OGs. So help us um, help us help you be cool so you can tell people you were the first ones to listen to Advice Not Taken. We love you guys. See you uh, next year. Love you.